What are the trends in U.S. Pediatric Mental Health Emergency Department visits? Find out about this and more in today's PB Roundup podcast. We'd like to hear from you. Are you a doctor, nurse, pharmacist, or other medical professional with a great journey to medicine story? Tell us your story of how you got started in a medical career for an opportunity to be featured on the podcast. Send an audio recording of up to four minutes of your journey to medicine story and include your name, degree, specialty, practice setting, and location. You can also submit a text version of your story and we can read it for you. Email your story to us at editorial at for a chance to be featured on a future episode. I'm your host, Senior VP, Medical Director, Dr. Tim Wright, coming to you once again from the Pioneer Valley in Western Massachusetts. Here are today's stories. From JAMA Pediatrics, we learned that pediatric mental health emergency department visits and revisits are increasing, suggesting a need to identify those at high risk of revisits to possibly tailor interventions to improve mental health care delivery. A study that included data from 308,264 mental health emergency department visits from 217,865 unique patients aged 3 to 17 years treated across 38 U.S. children's hospitals found that 13.2% of the patients had mental health revisits within six months. Mental health visits increased by 8% annually, whereas all other ED visits increased by 1.5% annually. Patients with psychotic disorders, disruptive or impulsive control disorders, and neurodevelopmental disorders were more likely to revisit. Next, we learned from a study in the New England Journal of Medicine that initial treatment for atrial fibrillation with cryoballoon ablation significantly reduces the risk of progression over three years compared with drug therapy. In a study of patients with paroxysmal, untreated atrial fibrillation, the 154 patients who were randomized to initial rhythm controlled treatment with cryoballoon ablation had significantly lower rates of persistent atrial fibrillation compared with the 149 assigned to antiarrhythmic drug therapy after a 36-month follow-up. The rates of hospitalization were 5.2 and 16.8% respectively, and serious adverse events were 4.5% in the ablation group versus 10.1% in the antiarrhythmic drug group over three years. And finally, we learned from the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease that people with a history of traumatic brain injury, or TBI, showed an increased risk of frontotemporal dementia, or FTD, and earlier onset of symptoms. In a study of 218 individuals with FTD who were matched with 214 patients with Alzheimer's disease and with 100 healthy controls, those with FTD were more likely to have had a previous TBI, 19.3%, compared with those with Alzheimer's disease, 13.1%, or healthy controls, 12%. Previous TBI was associated with an earlier onset age among patients with FTD compared with those with no TBI, The authors conclude that the results of their study suggest TBI may be a triggering factor for neurodegenerative processes in FTD. However, understanding the precise underlying mechanism still needs further studies. And that's today's Medical Roundup. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing Medical News Roundup and just ask, what's my flash briefing? Thanks today to Sean Mullen for production assistance. 
Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.